Well, good morning again, PT family. We praise God for his goodness and his mercies. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we are determined we will will ourselves to rejoice and be glad. On this past Thursday, uh, many might have saw that uh, the Cambridge Black Pastors, of which I am, uh, my position amongst our organization is that of chaplain. We uh, stood on the steps of City Hall to protest, which, of course, as Protestants or Protestants, uh, it's kind of interesting that we're also involved in a real protest. And so we were protesting racial injustice, and we all, uh, we got together because we wanted to be one as opposed to separate churches in the city of Cambridge. So for that moment on Thursday at 6 p.m., we were one church and we came out with one statement. And so I wanna read to you the statement that was read in public, not inside uh, the halls or the chambers of Cambridge City Hall, but we read it outside in public so that all could hear our, uh, our demands. So the title of our, uh, of our proclamation, our speaking forth, was We Cry Out. And it says this, and we, no, it says, we said this, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves, to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. The preamble of the Constitution states its goals are to create laws enforcing justice peace, welfare, defense, and prosperity, that by doing so would perfect our union as a people united. Yet once again, the people who defend and enforce these laws are the very ones who violate it. We cry out for Willie Bennett, who was falsely accused of shooting a pregnant woman when it was her husband who committed this heinous cry. We cry out for Brianna Taylor, an EMT who dedicated herself to saving lives, lost hers because law enforcers had the wrong address. We cry out for Ahmaud Arbery, whose only crime was jogging while black on a street that he pays taxes for. We cry out for George Floyd, who was not welding a gun nor a knife, yet, yet there he lay, face down, with a knee on his neck, suffocating, gasping for, for life with each cry, calling on deaf ears. We cry out for justice, for well, there can be no peace, there can be no peace 
without justice. We stand against discriminatory inequity regarding housing, regarding health care, and regarding education. There is unrest and rage across America as people of all walks and people of all tongues mourn the unfairness and total disregard for human life. We ask, no, we demand that law enforces everywhere become justice enforces everywhere. We demand that you police the police, that your brothers and sisters in blue who have sworn to serve and protect, serve one another by policing one another. Serve the community justly and with integrity. We, the Cambridge Black Pastors Alliance, ask that all stand together in solidarity for justice. We remind the body of Christ that we are called to unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, there is one spirit, we are called to be one. When the hand suffers, the body should, offer, should also suffer. We as the church decry the suffering of our fellow brothers and sisters and call for collective action to ensure justice, freedom, and dignity for all. Can somebody say amen? Put your thumbs up and say amen to that. Praise the Lord. Last Tuesday was intense. Last Tuesday, as intense as it was for you, it was more so intense for me. And you may say, why is that? Because my calling as a pastor is that of the high priest whose responsibility was to wear a vest that had the names of every tribe of Israel on his shoulders, which means he was bearing the burdens of the people, and on his breastplate, which means he was bearing the, the burdens of the people, not only in his shoulders, but also on his heart. I could only, and, and as you know, I, I, I encourage you to send in your laments and that I would read personally each lament to be honest with you, the pain of your laments were so deep and so painful that I can only read a few at a time just to keep my own emotional health. So this has been an incredibly challenging week. And I want to say this. My responses to all of the laments that I received was simply this. Thank you for sharing your heart with me. 
That's all I want you to do. There was no, well, but, well, maybe, well, what I was trying to say, some of you were angry. Some were angry at me and disappointed in me, and that, you know, that's okay for me. What's important for me is to make sure that you have a safe and healthy space to say how you feel and how you feel is how you feel. And so for those of you who did not send in a lament, you can still send one in. And as I said, I will personally read that. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14, I want to uh, commend the media team because the Lord told me to change my message for Sunday. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm changing my message for today. There's, no, there's not going to be any quiz questions for the children 17 and under. Not today. This is serious talk. We'll, we'll get back to the quizzes and the gift cards and the fun, but this is, this is serious talk. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 14, NIV. Just read with me. Uh, just hear the word of the Lord. The hand of the Lord was on me, this is Ezekiel, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And I saw a great many bones, bones that were very dry. And the Lord asked me, can these dry bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these dry bones. I will enter breath into you and you will come to life. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I, Ezekiel, prophesied as the Lord commanded me. And as I was prophesying, there was a sound. There was a noise. There was a rattling sound. Bones, broken, dry bones came together, bone to bone. And the tendons there were, but, and the tendons came together, but there was no breath. Then the Lord said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy to the winds and say to the wind, say to the wind, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds, the north, the south and east and west and breathe into these dry bones that have come together. Breathe into these dry bones that has no breath that they might live. So I prophesied, not based on my opinion. I prophesied, not based on how I felt. I prophesied based on what the Lord commanded me. For he says in his word, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, my word will I hasten to perform it. He said in Isaiah chapter 50 verse 10 and 11 that my word will not return unto me empty but it will accomplish that which I please and prosper in the thing where I sent it. So send my word into these dry bones. 
And so I prophesied as I was commanded, and breath, as soon as I prophesied the word of the Lord, breath entered the, them, and they came to life and stood up to their feet as a vast army. And then the Lord said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Cambridge. These bones are the people of Massachusetts. These bones are the people of the United States of America. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I am going to open up your graves and bring you out. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I'm going to put my spirit in you and you will live. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. I want to speak to you on the subject. Prophesy in the midst of a racial pandemic. Prophesy in the midst of a racial pandemic. Ain't nobody worried about coronavirus anymore. Ain't nobody worried about COVID-19 anymore. There's another pandemic going on. It's the pandemic of racism. Now you need to understand what a pandemic is. The word pandemic it, it, it comes from two Greek words, pan, which means all, and demic, from which we get our English word democracy, and it means people. So pandemic means it affects all people. Epidemic means people of a certain space. Pandemic means all people. So we see racism not simply affecting people in the United States, but there are protests taking place by people of color all over the world. London, cities and countries in the continent of Africa, people are rising up and they are protesting. If you hear what I'm saying, say amen. I had something very interesting happen to me uh, this week. Got a voice message. Uh, and Deacon Joyce, my administrative assistant, she said, Bishop, someone called you and they said their name and they said, it's a, it's a person who said they knew you from childhood and when she mentioned the name Mr. Such and Such. Immediately, I said, oh, I, I know who that is. And you know, back then, everybody had nicknames. And I said, oh, that's Peanut. And, and so I remember texting the number because who, whoever it was, if it was a person I thought it was, I hadn't seen that person since I was 13 years old, OK? so. 
I text and I said, hey, are you Peanut, who used to live on X Street and X Corner? And he said, yeah, that's me. And so we started catching up on uh, various things. And he said, I hear you're a big shot now. I hear you're a bishop and blah, 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 et cetera. And I remember as we were texting back and forth, because yesterday was just a crazy day. This all happened yesterday. This all happened yesterday. And um, I remember that he ended with this. Now, he knows I'm a bishop. And, he, and so part of me, because we're doing real talk, somebody say real talk, real talk. And so he says, he says, I remember when you got in a fight with such and such, and you stood toe-to-toe with that MF. <laughs> and I was like, wow. He, well, at least he's speaking the truth. <laughs> and I remember sharing with you how I got in a fight because someone said something racial to me, and I told you I got suspended. But when he mentioned the person, I was like, oh, snap. That was another fight I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bishop was, anyways. And so I was just meditating on those things, and the Lord said to me, watch this. The Lord said to me, those guys who you had a fight with, do you remember what you had a fight with them over? And I said, and the Lord started to remind me, he said, those guys were good friends of yours. These weren't dudes who, who like drove by and, you know, called me the racial slur. These were friends who I played sports with, friends who I hung out, friends who I liked. Now watch this. This is a bad word right here. Watch this. The Lord said to me, they did not, can I be real in here? They... They did not call you nigger because they were friends enough with you to know that that was a word that they should use even back in 1972. But what happened when I remembered it, they, they were joking with me. You know how kids you know, call each other names, you know, you know, your mama sold such and such, those kind of names. And, but they, then they said something about my color. And something inside of me said, we're cool, but we ain't that cool. You have crossed a line. And what I discovered is that you particularly who are my white brethren and white sisterins, you need to, and, my, and, and white sons and daughters, you need to understand that though we are part of the family of God, there are some lines you do not have a right and you will never have the right to cross. And in some instances, there may be a line that you can cross with me, but you cannot cross 
with, let's say, Elder Roy. There's a line that you may be able to cross with Elder Roy that you can't cross with, let's say, Elder Anita. What am I saying? I'm saying there's some things that you may not have permission to say. And when you cross the line, yeah, maybe people are not, you know, 13 and 14-year-olds who are basically saying, okay, we're going to fight. But in the heart of hearts, there had been a breach of respect, a, a breach of our covenant of brothers and sisters. And so often my white brothers and sisters in, in pastoral leadership do not understand that there's certain things you just do not have permission to say. And the best thing you can do when you cross that line is not explain yourself, just simply say, I'm sorry. Because there's no explanation, even if in your mind, what was the big deal? There's no, there's nothing you can say to fix it other than to say, I'm sorry. And we, we will have the grace to say, all right, we forgive you, let's move on. But when you start trying to justify and explain and use all sorts of, you know, articulate mumbo-jumbo, we're like, I ain't trying to hear that. Just say, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Because sometimes you just don't know where that line is. <laughs> sometimes we don't even know where the line is. But we do know when, uh, when a line has been crossed, when, when someone has hit the tripwire and everything blows up. Oh, Holy Spirit. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 to 19, this is Paul says, so, so Timothy, my son, this is a Passion Translation, I am entrusting you with this responsibility in keeping with the prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry in keeping with the prophecies spoken over you with this encouragement, use your prophecies as weapons as you wage not just warfare but spiritual warfare by faith. The word prophecy in our English word prophecy comes from two words, pro and phasia. Pro means forth and phasia means to speak. So prophecy means to speak forth and we speak forth in the, in, 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 in the future and, and believe that our words are so full of power that our words literally, literally align our future with our destiny. Thursday evening on the steps of City Hall, I was asked as the bishop over the city, as the chaplain over the Cambridge Black Pastors Alliance, they asked me to prophesy over the city. Amazing. They say, Bishop, we want you to prophesy over the city. And so I was waiting before the Lord, and he said, what I want you to do I want you to prophesy over the city, and I want your prophecy 
to be based on the names of the people who are murdered. And so when you look at the screen, you will find that at City Hall, all the names of people who were murdered, people of color who were murdered, are on each step. And, and so at the top of those steps, I stood on Thursday at uh, between 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. And I and the Lord said, I want you to take eight names. And I and I so I picked out eight names that the Lord put on my heart because the number eight in the Bible means new beginnings. Oh, yes, new beginnings. And so the Lord said, I want you to take their names because so often people say, remember their names, but I want you not simply to remember their names. I want you to remember what their names mean because you know me. Names are prophetic. Names speak forth the destiny and the purpose of a person's life. And so I want to talk to you about eight names. Uh, and, and I want to use these eight names on this, these stairs as weapons against the evil spirits, plural, of racial and any other injustices. The name Ayanna Jones, a seven-year-old, one the youngest of these, of these, a seven-year-old killed in 2010. All of these killed by police or those who were fake police. Her name means beautiful flower. Ayana means beautiful flower. And I am prophesying that because Song of Solomon speaks of Jesus being the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley, I declare that the fragrance of the, of the beautiful flower of Jesus Christ will permeate the city of Cambridge, permeate the state of Massachusetts, and permeate the, this country called the United States of America. I take the name Travon Martin, who was killed in 2012. Believe it or not, his name Travon means fair town. And I prophesy, based on Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15, I declare that people be judged fairly. I declare that justice be no longer perverted. That's what the scripture says. I declare no partiality be shown because one is poor or favoritism be shown because one's wealth or because of one's job status. In other words, when those police officers are tried, I pray that they be tried. I declare they will be tried with justice. Fair town. Breonna Taylor killed this year. You want a 2020 vision? This year. Her name means strength. Her name means noble. Her name means honor but her name means strength. I declare Psalm 18, verse 39, Lord, you armed us with strength for battle, and you humbled our adversaries before us. Let me tell you something. This has been a four 100-year battle, and if you think that we're just going to deal with this next year, this year and we'll be done with it, no. God is going to strengthen us for the battle. Verse 20, how is he going to strengthen us? Psalm 27 verse 1 says, Lord, you are the strength of our lives. We fear nobody but you. 
Ahmad Arbery, again, turned, killed, murdered in this 2020 vision. His name means commendable. It is my prayer as a man who's in his 60s, as a black man in his 60s, it is my prayer that this will be my declaration. So I'm declaring now prophetically. One generation commends your works, God, to another generation. And they will tell of your mighty acts against racism. God is going to do something that the story has got to change to the next generation. Acts chapter 15, verse 20. Well, how's that going to change? Acts chapter 15, verse 40. I declare that the people of the city of Cambridge are commended to the grace of God. That's how it's going to happen. I am going to bring people regularly so they encounter the grace of God. John Crawford III, murdered in 2014. John means gift of the Lord. I declare that we receive gifts, God, of your righteousness, there needs to be righteousness in this city. There needs to be righteousness in this country. There needs to be righteousness in this country, in this state. There needs to be righteousness. So we want your gifts of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, according to Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Samuel Du Bois, killed in 2015. Samuel's name means I have asked God, and he heard me. Psalm 116, verse 1. We declare, Lord, that we love you, Lord, for you have heard our voice and you have heard our cry for mercy, which simply means, Lord, you will clean up this mess. You clean up the mess of man and his, and his racism and injustice and his prejudice and his discrimination. You're going to clean it up because man can't clean it up on his own. Eric Gardner, Eric, Eric Garner, murdered 2014. His name literally means eternal ruler. That's a bad name. And so I declare, Deuteronomy 33, verse 27, I declare that the eternal God is our refuge and underneath our his everlasting arms, and he will drive out our enemies of racism, hatred, bigotry, discrimination, and he will say, I'll destroy them. Eric Gardner, 2014, I can't breathe. George Floyd, Murder 2020. His name is a Greek name, George. It means farmer. I'm telling you, don't simply remember their names. That's the easy part. Remember what their names mean. His name means farmer. Luke chapter 8, verse 5, the Bible says there was a farmer who sowed seeds. This farmer, George Floyd, sowed the seed of his own life. 
John 12, verse 24, I know it's talking about Jesus, but I'm going to prophesy this about George Floyd. Verily, verily, I tell you the truth, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So I declare that this time, the death of a black man will plant seeds that will produce a harvest of real change. Because six years later, I can't breathe again. Again. So I declare that this same wind of the Holy Spirit that we celebrated last Sunday in a celebration called Pentecost Sunday four days ago. This same breath that gave birth to the church, the same breath that gave birth to the church. I prophesy like Ezekiel, whose name means God will strengthen. I, I call the wind of the Holy Spirit to usher in the breath of God, the breath of God, God's breath of revival, God's breath of renewal in the city of Cambridge, in the state of Massachusetts, in this country called the United States of America, in Jesus' name and reputation. Amen. Amen. You may say, what are we going to do next, Bishop? What's the next step? The next step is, I told you, Tuesdays, we are declaring that Tuesdays will be a day of fasting and prayer for our church. Because Tuesdays, Isaiah 58 talks about justice. You fast for justice. There are other things, but you fast for justice. And so starting this Tuesday, we have allocated, we have dedicated 1 p.m. on Tuesdays to 1.30 on Tuesdays as a season where this church will every Tuesday pray for justice. I was blessed to have Brother Clint Lawrence, who already has a, a small group in our church that is focused on justice. And so I said, because you have the passion and have the burden, uh, Brother Clint, could you lead this? And he said, yes, Bishop, I, I'll lead this. And so he's going to be leading it every Tuesday. So if you really care about justice, don't simply talk to people who can't really help you. Talk to God who can help you affect people's lives. God bless you, PT. And the best is yet to come. You'll be hearing more about our plans, all that we have, all that we need in PT, all that we need to attack injustice is already in our house. We already have gifted and talented people in this house, and we're going to uh, uh, pretty soon get away where we can find out what people actually are doing 
and harness all of that energy and all of that talent and all that treasure and all that talk and all that time. Those are all gifts. We're going to harness it together, allow the Holy Spirit to anoint us, and we're going to bring about change. God bless you. And remember, prophesy in the midst of racial pandemics. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Lord, because these are serious times. Thank you, Lord, because there's an answer in heaven. This is not your first rodeo. And so, Lord, we're looking to you like that song says, Lord, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. I look to you. We sing those songs in all our churches, but we really believe you're where our help comes from. But once you help us, it's time for us to do what you've asked us to do. So, Father, I pray that you will speak to the hearts, minister to the hearts, minister to the hearts. There are broken hearts. I, I am not unaware that there are hearts that are broken in our congregation. It, it may take a while for those hearts to be healed. I get it and I understand it, but I trust you, Lord. You're the only one who can heal and mend the brokenhearted. And so I'm asking you to do it supernaturally by your spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's going to be by your spirit. Bless your people. And Lord, energize us to do the work you call us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoa. That, that was amazing. Bishop, thank you for that incredibly powerful and timely word. Everyone, please, let's, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity um, to worship you, Father. We thank you for um, our bishop. We thank you for the leadership of this church. We thank you um, for this time, Father. Um, we, we just ask that your, your people look back on this time, look back on this moment that, that, that we say, I, I had to put a, a mask over my mouth, but the, the veil of, of racism was, was lifted. Father, we, we, we ask that, that your people say in this time, I, I couldn't go outside, but by staying inside, I became a better father, a, a better husband, a, a better wife, a, a better child, a, a better friend. Father God, we, we, we ask that, that, that your people look back on this time and we say we, we were afraid of, of, of this virus for a few months, but this moment in, in 2020, as we look back, that our grandchildren, that our children, that our, that our friends, that they lived a lifetime without fear for their lives. We thank you, Lord, because only you can, can turn this mess into a moment for your glory. We thank you, Lord, because you are the only true and living God. We ask that anyone, Father, that, that, is, that is feeling lonely, that is feeling afraid, that is feeling isolated, that right now in this moment that they feel your presence, Lord. We give you all the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And, and 
anyone who is new, um, we, we give a closing blessing. So we, we just ask at this time that you please just hold out your hand as I read this. Coming from Numbers 6. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face shine, grin, beam, and show his pleasure on you. And may the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, and side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. Remove anything that causes agitation or discord with his divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you, PT.